listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Today we have back on the show our serial guest, Grace Yee from Aspect Legal, who deals with our trademarks and intellectual property issues over at Aspect Legal. Grace, you're here today to talk to us about managing your trademark portfolio. Welcome back. It's good to be here with you, Joe. Excellent. Wonderful. So today we're talking about managing your trademark portfolio. And I think it's quite timely for us to talk about this in relation to trademarks. Maybe could you give us a little bit of an overview of why it is that we're talking about managing a trademark portfolio? And is it only for people with lots and lots of trademarks? Yeah, I think it's important for anyone who has intellectual property to keep an eye on it because things change over time. And whether you've got one trademark or a hundred trademarks, you've got to manage it and, and keep an eye on things and just not ever ever sit back and, and think it's all okay. It's, it's important to keep on top of it. Yeah. Okay. And I guess keep on top of it. What do we mean by that? And I guess it's useful to point out the first thing is we're talking here about trademark portfolio and we sort of, I guess, inherently there might be a suggestion that that's about the registered trademarks, but of course, we can have unregistered trademarks as well. Today, we're talking just about your registered trademarks, but I think in reviewing the portfolio, it's good to think about what marks you might be using as a trademark that you don't have registered as well. So, I guess that's just something to point out. So, But if we're talking about registered marks, people who are listening may or may not know that you have a registration with an initial term of 10 years and then we renew it for another term. And we're seeing lots of renewals come through at the moment, um, people who've held their marks for 10 years or longer. And at that point, suddenly realizing that maybe the mark that they've got is quite different to the, the protection that they've got is for a mark that is quite different to perhaps the mark the way it has evolved now over that last decade, because 10 years is a long period of time. It is a long period of time and um, it's surprising how quickly it goes. <laughs> and I guess it's just the point that your trademark registration is a bit like armour. It's giving you a protection there and when things change, you might find that there are then gaps in your armour um, for various reasons and we'll go through what all those um, trigger questions might be to help you uncover if there are gaps. But yeah, it's really about just continually and periodically diarising to turn your attention to your business and just consider if your trademark protection is is protecting you sufficiently. Yeah, sufficiently in relation to what you're doing now and, and indeed mm. what you might be planning to do in the next few years versus where you were, say, 10 years ago. That's exactly right because things change. Things change all the time. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Particularly as our businesses are evolving. So let's perhaps start with the when. When is it that we should have this periodic review? Uh, what what are trigger points to make businesses, I guess, conscious of having that review period for their trademark portfolio? Yeah. So so a question to ask yourself would be: Has my business grown recently? Has there been rapid growth in my business um, since? the time when we considered our trademark registration because that's usually a sign that it's time to just go back and have a quick check that the trademark you have registered and um, what you're doing now matches up and is sufficient. So that's a big kind of general question to ask but is a good simple question to ask to turn your attention to this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so number one, has your business grown recently? Yeah. Another question that's a bit more specific as a sub-branch of growth is, is your business now providing new or different products or services since the time that you registered your trademark? Because if you've gone through this process, you're, you're probably aware that trademark registrations are done in classes. And it may be the case that your new products or services are in a different class to what you've got currently protected. So that's a little bit more detail than might, than might be necessary. The question is, are you providing new products or services? So that's a trigger point as well to have a look at are you sufficiently protected? Yeah, because it might be surprising for some businesses to understand that even though they have a trademark registration that perhaps they thought about years ago, if they have expanded the goods or services that they're providing under the mark and they haven't expanded their protection, it might be that someone else takes out the trademark registration protection in the class relating to their expanded goods or services. And then they might possibly be in a situation where they're now required to split brand, to brand one thing for for the mark that they have the registration for, for the goods and services, but another brand, a separate brand for these goods and services that someone else has gotten in first for getting the protection. That's right. And that could be a really painful process for a business in then having to work out, well, do they rebrand everything or not? And obviously there's a simple answer just to review when you're adding on these goods and services to go back and make sure you're expanding your trademark registration and protections accordingly. Yeah, and I can see why there could be an oversight because, you know, you turned your attention to trademarks at some stage and then and then you just get caught up in growth. Yeah. And so it could get lost yeah. in all of that. Absolutely. So we just want to keep this front and centre of people's minds so that and, and just... Even if you're just hearing this and it's not something relevant to you right this moment, just knowing that these are the sorts of things to consider in the future is good to know. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, maybe it's more exciting for people to keep a mind on growth rather than some of these elements that, you you know, can be seen as a bit administrative or perhaps boring, (laughs) a cost centre. But I think the important thing to bear in mind is that these, you know, you talked before about the armour of uh, trademark registrations. And I think it's a really good analogy because trademark registrations absolutely do provide 
inside that armor or that short and sword and shield. But, you know, if you're allowing these holes, these chinks to develop, you're really, I think, creating a risk with your whole trademark portfolio as a whole. That's right. Okay, good. We've talked about the trigger points being your business has grown, providing new products and services. What else should act as a trigger point, Grace? Conversely, it could be a situation where you have new brands within your business. So, for example, you might have products or subdivisions within your business and you're actually using a slightly different brand or a completely different brand for those parts of your business. So, that's also a trigger Mm. for looking at this because they just aren't protected at all. You haven't registered them. They were done, you consider trademarks at the outset, you've got your whole main brand protected, but none of these new brands, for example. That's a really good one because we see that one quite often as well. New brands popping up, once again, trademark registration not being a core part of that consideration. The one thing I'd add to that is that at the point of brand development, you should be thinking about trademark searches as well. So as you're coming up with new brands, you really it's not just the registration, it's also being careful about ensuring you're not infringing other people's rights. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've had a few podcast episodes in the past where we've talked about the importance of having a mind for trademarks as your brand developing. But quite often, I think business owners perhaps are quite conscious of that when they're naming their business as a whole or their company. They're perhaps less mindful of it when they're now coming up with brand names for new product lines or service lines that they're providing. So I think it's a good reminder that at that point, it's not just the trademark registration, it's also the trademark searching to make sure when you're coming up with these new brands, you're not exposing yourself to infringement actions in that process. Yes, absolutely. And we've done so many episodes on the worst case scenarios of that exact same situation you've just mentioned, haven't we, Joe? Where yeah, yeah, where the marketing team puts all their resources into developing that fantastic new brand only to find out later on once they've come to us that there's actually lots of issues and then they have to abandon it. So it's really crucial. It's absolutely crucial. Good. So I'm glad you've included that. And then I guess we should probably also include expansion overseas. Yes. Uh, because this is another point where we certainly see that there, there are holes in growth, organisations not really considering the importance of trademark registrations in advance overseas in the uh, other jurisdictions they might be operating in. Yeah. So it, so the first point, I guess, there is that to be aware that trademark registrations are done on a country-by-country basis. Sometimes clients get a bit surprised that that's the case. Yeah. They think registration just means registration in the whole world and there's no such thing. And of course, then there's the issue of we need to do the search and make sure you're not infringing um, on somebody else's rights in that country as well. There could be somebody already with a mark registered that's too similar. So that raises other questions as to whether you you can use the same brand as you've got here in Australia in those overseas countries. So that's an important point to have to think about in terms of um, the use of your brand overseas. Yeah. And I guess it's important to say that we have actually seen many instances of problems that have occurred for organisations who are expanding overseas or indeed uh, organisations based offshore who are expanding into Australia, both having the 
issue that the brand that they're using in their original country of jurisdiction um, is blocked in the countries that they're looking at expanding to. And it, it can be a bit of a painful process. Obviously, if you can be aware of this at the original brand development stage and you know where you're going to be expanding, then that's best because you can then yes. pick up protections in each of the jurisdictions you'll be in knowing that you can use the same brand. But if you can't get you know, protection for a brand in a jurisdiction you're looking at moving into, then then you really you're in a tricky situation. So you really need to think about rebranding for those specific countries. So there's a lot to consider in this area, but certainly it's better to be aware of it rather than end up with some sort of cease and desist or infringement action on your hand. Absolutely. That's right. And it's important, as you say, to consider this from the outset. So some people might know from the beginning we've got certain countries in mind and it might be it might be as simple as as making sure that you've done google searches at the bare minimum to know what's around but definitely if you can consider the trademarks from the outset as well yeah great okay and then i i guess the next area also for us to talk about would be you know quite often when we deal with clients and they have a a restricted budget um when they are initially launching into trademark registration and in many clients that we deal with will have some sort of restrictions um, in terms of how many classes of goods and services they want to add to their protection initially until they have had the chance to prove the viability of the goods or services that they're producing under the mark. But I guess over time, once the viability of that business model under the mark is cemented in, you know, then is the point also to come back and consider whether or not your protection should be stronger in light of the value of the business that you're now driving under that mark. Absolutely. And I guess the common recurring point with all of these points that we're talking about is that trademarks are not a thing that you can sort of turn your mind to it at some point and then close the books and never look at them ever again. It's not like registering your company name or something like that. It's not something you can just do once and it's done. It's something that you should really look at over and over and really turn your attention to periodically. And this this question of classes and budgets, it's a very important point that, and I guess clients come to us and they might be at the very early stages of running their business. We're very mindful of the fact that budget is an issue. So we're very sensitive to that. We help them to work out what the best class is at that point. But definitely if the funds allowed at some other point and there were lots of other classes that were relevant, it's important to address that once funds are available. Yeah. Actually, I guess a good thing for businesses to do is as they're going through that trademark registration process to set themselves a calendar, you know, reminder to in a year's time or two years time, come back and um, and review what they originally wanted versus what they originally did and then you know, then take that as an opportunity to beef up the mark if indeed venture has uh, taken off. Yes, that's right. So what else have we left out of this list, Grace? Mm. Is there anything else there? So one other trigger question we I, I thought would be good is if um, the use of your mark has actually changed over time, which is a real possibility. Quite often if a client has chosen a particular word or phrase or logo, it can change over time. And that's just the reality of business, that the way the mark has been used changes slightly. Mm. And unless you're on top of it, you may be surprised to find out that the mark that you registered actually doesn't give you the protection you thought it does. 
because the way you've actually used your mark in reality has changed. So that's a really good point. I, I think that's something that's really perhaps misunderstood. I think people just don't understand the right way and, and the wrong way to use the mark in relation to whatever their registration is. So, and that's something that's a little bit tricky for us to talk about, I guess, in the abstract. It's just one of those things where we need to look at how you're using the mark and what your trademark registration is. But what's a few examples there, Grace, of things that you've seen without naming Mm. the marks themselves, just examples of the way businesses have used marks that haven't aligned with what their trademark registration is? So I guess the basic principle there is that a trademark registration gives you protection for the mark exactly as it's been registered. So the most obvious issue is with the logo. Sometimes clients are quite surprised to find out that their logo registration is redundant because the logo that they use now looks completely different to what's on the register. And it's one of the issues with logo marks. Of course, there's lots of good reasons to have uh, logo mark uh, and composite marks containing both words and the logos. But certainly it's one of the issues with logo marks that businesses will quite often in a period of a decade change their logo, which can create massive issues with their trademark registration. Yeah, that's exactly right. And with word marks, especially if it's a phrase, but even if it's one word, if the way that the word is being used has slightly changed, that can also cause issues. And I guess an example of that is where you might have a double-barreled word, I guess aspect legal as an example, and then I start referring to us as legal rather than aspect or aspect on its own. You know, I guess there are examples of where if we drop the use of one of those words, then effectively we'd be using a different mark. And if we had done that everywhere, then it might be that we're just simply not using the mark that we have protection for and might be opening ourselves up to, you know, a risk of an application for non-use. That's right. And the principle there is that if you don't use your mark, there's a risk that the mark can be attacked for you not having used it. So it's important to use the mark you've got registered for that reason as well. Great. Or maybe review where you are with your use of the mark. And if you prefer a new mark, then get that registered instead. That's right. We've got to protect what you're using and you've got to use what you've got registered. Excellent. Okay. All right. So we've talked about the when the triggers, what should trigger us to be thinking about these issues. We've talked about also perhaps just doing it on some sort of regular basis, yearly, every two years, whatever. What, I guess, what are tips that you have in this area for our listeners, Grace? Some tips that I've got are It could be in terms of managing your trademark portfolio, as simple as just keeping a spreadsheet updated with all of your trademark details, just so you can have an overview of exactly what you've got protected, what class you're in, what the services or products you're covered for, and even what name you've lodged your trademark in, because that can change over time too. Absolutely. And this is a service that we provide for some of our clients who have many multiple marks. 
marks to help them keep track of the many marks that they might have running it and applications they might have running at any particular point and registrations they hold. This is something you can do yourself, but also it's something that we can do for you as well if yes. this is something that you couldn't be bothered doing or you don't know the details too. <laughs> we so get it, right, Joe? Running a business, all the paperwork Absolutely. and the admin and if there's someone who can just help you with this, it just makes it easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's our motto, Grace. That's our motto, yes. isn't it? Making it easier. So I guess it's putting it all into a some sort of combined database spreadsheet, whatever it is, so that you've got all of your trademark details in one spot mm-hmm. and so that it's really easy for you to review from time to time. That's right. Um, and of course, easy for you to see when renewal dates are hitting because it's really important that you don't forget that 10-year renewal date because if you allow it to expire, you could completely lose your right to the mark. That's right. So given, you, you know, renewal is actually really very, very cheap, would be, you know, a big shame for you to miss that renewal date and lose the benefit of your mark. That's right. So that was, I guess, tip number one from Grace. What else have you got in your toolkit there for us? Diarise the need to review this. So whether it's yearly or every two years or at any time that those trigger questions come up, diarise to just have a quick look at your at your database or your spreadsheet or however it is that you're storing your trademark details and just quickly turn your mind to whether what you've got protected is enough. And then my next tip is just to keep an eye on the market. So after you've got your trademark registered, you can't just assume that anyone is watching the market for you. IP Australia won't enforce your trademark for you. You've got to really keep your eye on the market and keep on top of possible infringers and then get us to help you and get involved if anyone needs a bit of a tap on the shoulder and, and you need to let people be aware of the fact that you've got registered trademark rights. Yeah, and I, I guess it's perhaps useful at this point to remind you, our listeners, that if you have a trademark registration and you're aware of someone else's use of the mark or something very similar to your mark and you choose not to take action, that can water down the protection that's provided by the trademark registration. And, you know, it could be argued that you've acquiesced with someone else's use of that mark and you might therefore be prevented from stopping them from using that mark into the future if indeed you decided that you wanted to. So it's really important not to just turn a blind eye to misuse of your mark unless you're okay and comfortable with a watering down of your protection. That's right. And on top of other issues, and I'm sure we've done podcasts on trademark infringement issues, but other potential issues that pop into mind are possible confusion by consumers and people going to the wrong trade source, people going to your competitor when they think that they're coming to you. Yeah. So lots of issues there with people copying your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So jump onto it and jump onto it quickly. Yeah. What else, Grace? What are your other tips? Just two more to go. You need to keep an eye on the trademark register in case people are lodging marks that are too similar to yours. Obviously, the trademark application process involves IP Australia examiners considering this, but they do sometimes let marks through or there might be marks that technically are okay, but still are too similar to you or too close for comfort. So it's important to keep an eye on the register and there are services for this, literally register watching services. And it's something that you need to be aware of that this is an issue as well. I think that's a really a useful point for, for organisations that want to make sure that they're keeping the strength in their mark having a look at some of the opportunities around in terms of these watching services is something that should 
be seriously considered. Yes, because there's that two-month opposition period during an application process where IP Australia will publish the acceptance of a trademark application for registration. And it's during that two-month window that you have the opportunity to oppose a trademark application that you take issue with. And once that window's done, it's done. It's all over. That's it. You've only got that period of time. I think that is really important to remember. Mm. Great. All right. Well, are there any last tips to leave our listeners with today? I guess my last tip is just let us know if you need help with this because it's something that we do every day. It's our bread and butter. We're very familiar with it. And if you just let us know, we're more than happy to jump on and give you a hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to say we publish information like this because we see problems are occurring and we really try hard to prevent issues from occurring in the first place. This is all about prevention is quicker, cheaper and simpler than the cure. Absolutely. In many instances. So this is all about um, prevention and saving you money. So it's really good to keep your mind on these things. And if, if you're not sure, then Grace is always happy to give you a bit of guidance guidance in relation to what you should be considering and what you don't really need to worry about. Well, look, Grace, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on to the show today. For our listeners, obviously, we've been talking all about managing your trademark portfolio and about why it's important to continually, periodically turn your attention to your business and consider your trademark protections. Trademarks aren't a set and forget. They really are something that are important for you to keep live in your mind as your your business is evolving, as your use of your marks are evolving, and as you're looking at expansion in all sorts of different ways. And if you would like further information about this topic, all you need to do is head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au or head over to Aspect Legal's website at www.aspectlegal.com.au and at both of those websites you'll be able to find details of how to contact our lawyers just like Grace over at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the areas that we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then I'd be ever so grateful if you'd pop over to your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And I guess we'll just leave you with thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Grace Yee talking on Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. team at Aspect Legal specializes in providing trademark registrations and general advice on brand protection and commercialization for companies and individuals based anywhere in the world. So if you work in creating brands or logos for businesses, or if indeed you're a business needing assistance in protecting your brand, we offer a free 15-minute consultation with one of our lawyers to discuss how we can help you or your client. We also provide free trademark packs if you want to get a bit of an understanding of the process and the timelines. And of course, we do more than just trademark registrations. We work with our clients on a range of issues to assist them in making their trademarks work for them. So if you want to find out more, pop us an email at trademarks at aspectlegal.com.au or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a free consultation with one of our specialist lawyers. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.